Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Real Talk Wrestling. I'm your host, Josh. With me on the phone is Chris Koffler. What's up? Hey, man. What's going on? It's been a week since we've been on the air. Um, what do we? Oh, lightning game last week. I had to go to a hockey game. Yep. Last hockey game of the year for me, unless I go to the playoffs. So there will be no more Thursday night problems. But there's a problem tonight. We got the NFL <laughs> draft. It's never Thursdays are like. The dead zone for wrestling, but it seems like that's when I'm busy for sports, which that's is whenever crazy. everything else is going on. Hockey, <laughs> football. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, we are here tonight before the NFL draft, and we're going to break down the top five factions of all time. And we are also going to talk about AEW Dynamite. We might get into some WWE news if we have time. I'm not going to rush it. I don't really, you know, WWE is kind of irrelevant to us. Um, someone broke it down to me perfectly on Twitter yesterday. Because, because well, because I've been doing the times. I time we're gonna talk about. It. I've timed Raw and I timed Dynamite this week on total match times on television. Not like so when a commercial hits or picture in picture hits, I pause it because that's not television wrestling. I'm counting television wrestling, and I think what Raw had twenty eight minutes and something seconds for yep. three hours of television, which is mm-hmm. not three hours because you count commercials. So let's just say forty five minutes of television, forty five minutes an hour. So 45 times three, whatever that number is. Either way, you came up with 28 minutes of wrestling. Where AEW on Wednesday night had only two hours of television, minus the commercials, whatever. So that would just be on average there, nine minutes of wrestling for every 45 minutes of airtime, which is what takes up an hour, like you said. Right. So nine, you got 45 minutes on screen to work with each hour and they put nine minutes of wrestling on the TV on Monday night raw. Now. Um, so I, so let's get back to Twitter as I did. Somebody said, you know, and you saw it cause you comment on it. Yeah. But raw, they forwarded the storylines and everything made sense. Yeah. Raw did raw was a good show this week. Raw was an okay show this week. I'm not going to lie. I watched the entire it was good thing. by raw standards. It was good by wrestling standards. It was a good okay. show. They, they did, you know, there was some nonsense. Of course it's three hours. There's going to be nonsense, but the oh, eight yeah, man tag was okay. The opening segment with Cody reuniting with Randy, you know, after a legacy, that was a good, that was a good moment. You know, there were some good promos. You know, besides take away the Lashley Omos arm wrestling match, take away the 24 7 nonsense. It was a good show. But yet, still, still only 28 minutes of wrestling. And the, the worst part of it is when you have a title match that lasts four minutes on your television, like four minute title match. Four minutes. And four Sonya, minutes. Sonya Deville lost three times in that four minutes. That's not good storytelling. That right, no. people are praising it as well. She did this, she did that. Okay, she did. She abused her power. I get the story, but she only needed to lose twice. She needed to have maybe a good six minute match, 
get counted out, get disqualified, whatever, then make up the rule and then have another six minute match and then lose. That'd be okay. But they did three finishes in four minutes. Awful. Yeah. So three squash matches. You're not like even nobody. I feel like nobody really looks good coming out of that. No, no one because Bianca looks like a moron, and then Carmella looks like an idiot. Zelina Vega looks like an idiot, and Sonya Deville looks like an idiot. Lost three yeah. times. Whatever. It, we're not here to talk about WWE. We're here to talk about <laughs> AEW. We talked about WWE way too much this month, and I'm over it. Um, yep. they had a we. <laughs> I said save it for air because before we hit the record button, I was telling you how much I hated last night's Dynamite. And you're like, what? So let's start from the top. The first match of the night, Dax versus Cash. What a what a way to put me to sleep. What a what? way to put me to sleep to start Dynamite. I could not think of Are a you crazy. I first off, we all know, and I'm not trying to be an ultimate heel. I'm really not. I'm not an FTR fan. I don't. I think they're boring. I think they're useless. I think their stories yeah, suck. I'm all in on FTR over and, here. You know, and that's good because a lot of people are, and I'm not. Like, when we say top five tag teams in the world, they're not even in the top ten, in my opinion. I, I just don't think they're anything to them. They have no they have no promo skills. They have no storytelling skills. They're just wrestlers, which is okay, but they're boring wrestlers. Wow. And that match you didn't like. Even Did you watch the whole clip that I tagged you in, or did you just watch yeah, like it, five seconds yeah. and turn it off? I watched the whole clip because CM Punk did the same thing last week. CM Punk did the same thing. They made a mashup with Punk doing exactly what Bret Hart was doing. I understand what they're um, what they're doing. They did it again, though. They did it again. How many times can AEW just mirror a match? They did it twice in a row. Look at the CM- Chris after this podcast. Look at the CM Punk match with uh, Dustin. They do the same things. That's why it was kind of annoying to me because it's like, oh, no, I, this is a rerun just with two different people. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. A lot of people thought it was good. I don't know. I guess, like you said, you're you're being the ultimate heel today. I no, think. I'm not. I'm the just ultimate. Heel. I don't even know who won. I don't <laughs> even know who won the match. Uh, Daxton. There you the go. Guy. And I did watch. I did watch the full match. I watched the whole thing. Obviously, I timed the matches. <clears throat> um, it's yep. just. To me, I don't know who won. I didn't care who won. I feel like it would be more of an impact if they wrestled like in the second round of the tournament instead of a getting into it. I think that would have been yeah. cooler. But we're all we're gonna see that anyway with the elite. That's what's gonna happen. Is every member of the undisputed elite is gonna get into the tournament, and hell, they might be the final four. You know, like mm-hmm. they might just all go all hell break loose, and that's what starts the feud. Which that would be awesome. That might happen because it looks like what Kyle O'Reilly is in. Uh, I forgot who else. I think Adam Cole got in, or maybe he's getting in. I don't know. They're gonna get in. Everyone's gonna get in. That's the whole storyline. Is Adam Cole promised somebody's gonna win the tournament from the undefeated elite? So that's gonna pay off. All right, I'm ready for it. That's a good way to start it off. Yeah, I'm ready for it too. That's gonna be a great, great tournament. Um, okay, do you have anything else to say about this Dax and Cash bullshit that we had to watch? <laughs> I just enjoyed I enjoyed the match for what it was. The fact that they don't ever fight against each other. They've been wanting to do it, but they wanted to do something that worked that wasn't them breaking up. I think that was a great time for them to do it. So I was all for it. Yeah, and, you know, it could have worked if the crowd didn't suck. Did you notice the AEW crowd was terrible last night? There was no reaction to anything. Nothing got a pop. 
the biggest pop was like Hook versus Danhausen pro, the promo that Rock popped on the screen. Yeah, that's like the only pop that went happened. Last night's crowd was dead. Like they were dead. Yeah. I don't know. They if were you, not because yeah. I know. I kind of noticed that they weren't as likely as, as some of the recent crowds. Yeah, I mean this crowd sucked. Like there was things that was happening. I'm like what's going on? Like, no one cares. No one acknowledges anything. It's just yep. dead. Um, so we'll move on from Dax and Cash. Congratulations to the bald guy for winning. Good job, I guess. <laughs> they never really, they never really brought up the fact that the Pinnacle's broken up. By the way, they just gave up on that storyline. Like that was it. Yeah, they just kind of dissolved that group. They really didn't give them a big split up like they did with um, Jericho's group. Um, the inner, the circle. inner circle. Yeah, I know, but like it's kind of becoming more, more, and we're gonna see this later on as the show progresses. This is more of a WWE production than it used to be. And it's getting that way week in and week out every single week. And we'll see, we'll see where this is going. So after the match, CM Punk announces that he's officially, or someone announces, honestly, my kids were running around at this point and watching my kids wrestle was way more entertaining than watching Dax and Cash. But, um, Dang, really sticking it to him. <laughs> CM Punk came you're gonna, out. You're going to lose some followers. That, that You know what? I, mean, I lose them every single day. Every day. <laughs> I Dude, I got someone so good the other day. Someone's like talking about, you know how there's AEW versus WWE. That's all Twitter is. It's all, it's yeah. all, it's, so somebody's like, look at this matchup for Dynamite tonight. And I posted the Raw card in my Times. I said, but it can't beat this card. The guy's like, are you serious? They'll beat that card in their sleep. I said, bro, 28 minutes of professional real wrestling. And then like he's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, you got me. Like I can tell you're being a piece of shit right now. I'm like, yeah, I am. That's awesome. He followed me right away. He was a cool guy. But uh <laughs> so Punk announces or someone announces that they're official. Paige and Punk will meet at the next pay-per-view. Chris, this is exactly what we wanted. It's exactly what we need. We need Punk to win this title. Yeah. I mean, how long has Paige had the title now? What has it been, like, the November? Yeah. Right? And let's count down his – let's look at his opponents, right? Like, people are going to say this is a bad run, like I've been saying. But I'm looking at it, Chris. He beat some good competitors. Adam Cole twice, Brian Danielson a couple times, Lance Archer. Um, did, he, did he face anyone else? Dante Martin, I guess he – Defended against him. Yeah. So if he loses to CM Punk, I mean, at least he beat Brian Danielson, the, probably the best professional wrestler in the world, and he beat Adam yep. Cole twice. So yes, yeah, so he's got some notable wins on there. I think it just all leads back to what you've been saying. Is it, it's really hard to have a good face run. I, I you know, I can't really think of a, a really, really good face run that lasted for a long time. You know, it seems like it's, it's all about the build to get it. They get it. Everyone's really excited, just like with Kofi. You know, we were so excited for the build, and then after he got it, it's just like everything kind of fizzled out almost right away. I don't know. It's it's really hard to have a good face run because people yeah. want to cheer for the story. They don't care. You know, once once it happens, like oh okay, all right, let's move along. It's, yeah, it's enough. We've you know, it's enough from now. But uh, yeah, I mean, but Punk is a good guy, so Punk. Face first face, I believe. I don't think they're going to turn him heel. I think it's going to be face first face, which is fine because AEW could pull that off. They could, but I could see them also, you know, starting next week, have Punk come out and start cutting some promos and maybe a little heel-ish promos. 
you know, just to kind of set in the rivalry a little bit there. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it'll be that kind of in-between spot. Yeah, but so the story, the way it should go, and maybe it won't, but think about this. The next pay-per-view after this one is in Chicago. Yep. So CM Punk's first title defense or whatever on a big show will be in Chicago. Who do you think he's going to face off in Chicago as champion? There's only one. There's only one person that I can think of that should get it, which would mean that Punk can't turn heel because MJF needs to wrestle him in Chicago for the oh, title. Yeah. That would be awesome. That has their to little happen. rivalry that they had, yeah, and the fact that he was rubbing it in that he beat him twice, and and that's where Punk, that's where Punk beats him clean. No dog collar match, no nothing. Damn. Just beats him clean in defense. Yes, dude, MJF. I've realized we're this. Talk, we're talking about another program that MJF loses here. Yeah, and I've realized this. MJF's gonna he's 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 gonna win this award though. He has to. He has to. You can't propel him into the world title main event if he loses the award though. He's gonna beat Wardlow. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning towards MJF right now. Through you know some sort of obviously not a clean win, it's gonna be something going on that that helps him to get the win. Um, because yeah, I, I just don't know that he can suffer another loss right now. And we're already talking about the next big program and him losing. Yeah, he can only take so much losing. But here's the thing with um with your boy MJF. And, you know, as, as we progress this show and we keep moving forward, MJF, it seems like he does the same thing with every single feud, every feud. And this was, was also brought up on Twitter by someone and I've commented on it and I'm like, yeah, like I'm an AEW guy, but I understand. I can see the faults. Like I'm not, they're not perfect. Every MJF feud is the same story. You got to go through him. Then you got to go through him. Then you got to go through him. And then you could fight me. Did it with Jericho. Did it with Punk. Now he's doing it with Wardlow. Yep. It's literally the same story over and over and over. The only thing that changes is the first time it was Juventud Guerrero, all these guys he's finding off the indies or all these, you know, free agents. Second time was second time was it's my group, the pinnacle. You're gonna go through the pinnacle. This time it's more like you're going against monsters, all big guys. All of them. All are monsters. Archer, uh big casts. He did he obviously is gonna wrestle next week. Before that, it was the butcher guy. So, yep. so it's always so, so it's always something until you get to me. That's got to change because it's so it's so formulaic. It's so WWE, and I'm kind of falling out of it. Every time he goes, "Oh, you're facing this guy," who cares? He's gonna beat him. Who cares? Yeah, we know he's gonna beat him. I never. Well, hopefully for his next. Hopefully for his next one, they kind of pivot off that because I've kind of noticed the same thing too. That they that is kind of his mo, but maybe that's kind of part of his character. But at the same time, this next rivalry, whoever comes after Warlow, yeah, let's let's pivot a little bit. Let's try something new with his character, a different way to get heat because he is that kind of cowardly heel, which is why he's doing it. But let's find a different way to get there. Well, the best way to get heat is to beat Warlow clean. That'd be the best way to get heat and then say, you know, he propels number one of the rankings and then that leads to the CM Punk MJF feud where it's not no longer about love, hate, you're my hero. It's more like I want that title from you. Where yeah, I want to take it away from you. Yes, where it's a different, you know, I'm going to take it away from you in the city. I beat you twice. You know? Could you imagine just real quick, let's say that that does happen. 
and they pulled the trigger on MJF beating Punk in Chicago to make him the ultimate, ultimate heel. That would have a lot of heat right there. <laughs> that, that would, but you know AEW, and, and, and that would be an amazing heat, but you know AEW, and you know that they give long title reigns, especially to their champions, yes. the world champions. Yep. So it doesn't make sense for Punk to win it and then lose it the very next pay-per-view. It doesn't make sense. No, you, not from a time perspective, but I just just the idea of that would be who Punk would lose to. Because like, if you think, what would be the worst-case scenario when it does come time for Punk to lose? In Chicago to MJF oh, yeah. would be the absolute worst. That would be the, yeah, that would be the ultimate F you to the fans and makes MJF a bigger star than he already is. Oh yeah. All right. Speaking about big stars, uh, we have a segment with Jericho that actually was probably the best segment on of the whole week of wrestling. Probably the best segment. I think Eddie Kingston killed it. That was probably his top four best promo of, of all time i think that i've seen i loved it i loved every second of it because it was like real i believe yeah. i believe he wants to put him in the ground like i believe <laughs> i believe you know we didn't need the cartoony look from jericho but that did give it a more of an effect but that was i don't know i don't think that was scripted i don't think that was supposed to be said i think he just said oh you're gonna put a hit on me motherfucker like I've done this in real life. Like, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> That's what I feel like right now, right now today, Eddie Kingston might be my favorite person on the mic right now today. Just because his promos, like you said, they feel very real, very authentic, very like you can't tell if where does he cross the line between real and fake, you know, reading a, a script or, you know, rehearsing something versus just speaking from his head. Maybe, for real getting a little pissed off or something. And it's just, he's always so quick on the mic with everything that's coming out, you know, like he doesn't have to stop and think about it. Like it all just comes so natural for him. Well, yeah. Like, so when his music hits and he runs out there, he's, he's power walking to the ring. He doesn't even wait for Santana Ortiz. Like he's on a mission. He's, yep. he's there for business. He like just throws chairs out of the way real quick. Like gets in his face. It looks like they're like, okay, Eddie, go be you. Whereas I watched Raw and people gave the Miz, like, I don't know if you saw this, but when Mustafa, nope. Mustafa Ali comes back, he came back and Miz, you know, cut this good promo as well. But everything seemed forced. Like, they forced reality into the promo. Like, oh, you still work here? Oh, I'm going to make you wish you got your walking papers. You know, like, those were lines that were fed to the Miz to say to Mustafa Ali. Whereas Eddie yep. Kingston was like, I'm going to put you in the ground. These are my fucking eyes. I live through them. You don't know what's happening. Jericho got real or maybe real. I don't know, but it's like, dude, this is the last company that's going to hire you, buddy. Cause you're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody wants you. This is it right here. Yeah. So like you better like just chill out with this talk. I think that was a great segment because it turns in, it turns a feud into like, I don't really care about it. It makes me kind of care a little bit more. Like they're probably the third best feud in wrestling right now. I would say mm -hmm. one would be, See, I put one as Adam Cole, you know, the elite versus the undisputed, or the elite versus yeah, the undisputed era, because I know that's happening. But that's not really a feud right now. But I put that as my number one feud because I know it's going to happen. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the, they're starting the makings of it right now. And surprisingly, Cody and Rollins are like my number two feud. I fucking love everything that's happening over there on Raw. It's kind of why I watch right. Raw. That feud is really good. Like it's hitting on every everything Cody does over there. By the way, is gold. He puts on five-star performances. Everything he does is gold because everything 
He it's like it's like taking Mark McGuire and putting him on your softball team. Yeah, everyone sucks, <laughs> but he's gonna hit a home run every time, like literally every time. Gone. And, and hopefully, I wish that WWE would watch this. This is wishful thinking. I don't expect it to happen, but I wish they would watch this and say, "Oh man, we took Cody before. We forced the character on him that he didn't like. We thought it was great, and." Then he just didn't get any kind of reaction from the crowd, so we had to let him go because he sucks. Oh, hey, look, now he's back doing what he wants to do, expressing himself the way he wants to. And, man, this is really drawing in the ratings right now. I just wish they would look at that and say, huh, maybe we need to do this with more of our wrestlers. No, no, let's, need- help, the ones, let's no. help the ones that need help, but let's not force feed the ones that don't need our help. No, let's change everyone's name. Tomasa Champa is now Champa, <laughs> Champa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you got uh, you got uh, Raquel Gonzalez is now Raquel Ga- Rodriguez. Like everyone just changed. Rodriguez. Everyone, everyone changed their name. Walter, Gunther. You know, uh, Gunther. Theory, Theory. Theory. It was so funny. I watched Raw and they announced Theory coming out to the ring. Coming to the ring, Theory. Like, <laughs> that's not a wrestling name. No, Theory. It's not a wrestling name. <sighs> Well, you know, that would have got too confusing with there being two Austins. So yeah, I'm I know. glad they did that. I know, I know. I don't understand how they could ever do things, you know, ever. <laughs> it's Im- literally impossible. But gosh, that was such a it was such a good brawl besides theory. Miz is like, Hey, I had a I had to earn the in front of my name before so you'll be the theory soon. He's like, No, no, it's just theory. It's like <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like that's shut so bad. Up. Like who when, you, when you're Austin Theory, you're the star. You're going to be the star of the company. Yada yada yada. Wouldn't you want your name headline WrestleMania Theory versus you know Randy Orton? Randy Orton <laughs> sounds like a real wrestler. Theory sounds like yeah. you're a fucking creative wrestler. And Theory was the only name that you could find that they will say. You know how like yep. when you create a wrestler and you <laughs> yeah. want to get like you want to like, but you don't want to be like known as like Austin or whatever. You want to have like a different name than everyone else. But you're like, mm-hmm. oh, Theory's on the list. Oh, oh, Mad Dog. Like, they always have dumb names like that <laughs> on The Greater Wrestler. Um, <laughs> it's so that's, exactly, that's exactly right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I feel I feel bad for these guys. But they, they eat it up. They th- Those people, I, I'm convinced. The people in the WWE think that they're so much better than everyone else in the world. And this could lead on to Becky Lynch and her stupid fucking comments. She is so stupid. No offense, <laughs> Becky. I hope you you know you're a good person. Whatever, but gosh, you're shut the fuck up. You, did you see what she said? I did see what she said. We talked about this a little bit. It seems your opinion has changed a little since we last spoke about this in text earlier in the week. No, and, and my my stance still stays where WWE does have the best women in the world. They do have the best wrestling. They have Sasha, yep. I think, is the best. I think. You know, Rhea Ripley can wrestle. Like, they have really good women's Bailey, Asuka, even Becky's up there. Like, they, Bianca. They're all better. Name the, the, the eighth worst women's wrestler would be the top girl woman over in AEW. For sure. I'm not, I'm not even, not even a doubt. Britt Baker could not make it in that, in that world. Jade probably could. Just because of the look alone. Just because she looks like a, you know, women champion. But, like, Britt, yep. Britt Baker doesn't. You know, the fucking alien girl doesn't. Sheeta doesn't. Like, they don't look like professional wrestlers. They look like, I don't know what they look like. 
Chili's waitresses that couldn't hang. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they, whatever. Oh, that was the worst take ever. <laughs> no, it's not I the worst take Chris ever. Stat, I think that Chris Statlander, she's getting repackaged. She's going to look good soon. She'll have a good uh, championship look, I believe. But my point, here's my point, is Tony Khan knows how to book his women. Tony Khan knows how to make the AEW championship, women's championship important, makes the TBS title. The TBS title has more prestige than any of the Raw and SmackDown titles, in my opinion. And that's because yep. they make Jade a big deal. They make Jade, she's 30-0. and 0. You know, every single time she comes out there, she's a big deal. She's not even the women's champion. And she's still a bigger deal than freaking Bianca Belair. It's just oh, for sure. insane to me. If you just merge the divisions and you have one women's division, because right now you have four women on Raw and four women on SmackDown, it's the same fucking matches over and over. It's kind of getting redundant, and they need to fix it. And I think they are fixing it because they're unifying titles little by little. They're do they did the they did the world's champion. Now they're doing the tag doing team tag. Yep. I think women's is next. I think it's next. I don't know how they're gonna do it because Roman is the whole story is Roman wants to own everything. So yep. the only way to do it is to get a woman in the bloodline, whether it be Ron, turn make Ronda win and turn her heel and put her in the bloodline. I don't know what to do. I don't know. And then he'll tell he'll tell well, Ron. Couldn't they take? Um, I think Naomi's the better option. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I was like, well, isn't one of? I know one of them's with one of the Usos. But could you imagine a world where they merge the women's titles and have Naomi do it? No, they'd have Charlotte or they'd have Becky or they'd have. They wouldn't have some Naomi do it because WWE doesn't believe in Naomi. If they believed in Naomi, she'd have more title reigns. Yeah. That's the bottom line. She's a she's a she's a great wrestler. She's awesome. Instead, she's tagging Masasha. Two two of the most talented women are on a useless tag team where They're there's on a, no yeah, throwaway tag team. <laughs> where there's no tag team division. Nothing. Yeah. They'll form one uh, two weeks out before the next pay per view. So <laughs> So what is your oh no um the Queen of Spades and um fucking Natalia came out Shayna Shayna Baszler and Natalia again again it's like <laughs> they had the four way title match at WrestleMania and since then they defeated Liv and Rhea who was in that four way title match they Twice, defeated right? yep they defeated Zelina and Carmella who was in that fatal four way match and now they're gonna face Shayna and Natalia who are in that fatal four way match <laughs> like what's the fucking point what is the point. <laughs> That sounds awful. Yeah. Um, anyway, what do you have to say about this Becky Lynch? Because I know I just went off for like ever. So I agree with you that they are. They definitely have more talent there right now. If you're looking top to bottom, you have to. Yes, they do have more talent there right now. Um, but then talking about, you know, showcasing them. I don't know that I agree with that part. Now, me and you were talking a little bit about this. Now, just from your timing thing, you said that a, there was a four-minute and four-second title match. Well, three of them, but combined, four minutes and four seconds. And that's what the women got on the show. And then last night, Sheeta and Deeb, which was just a rivalry, how much did that get? Like eight minutes? That was seven, eight minutes, I think. So double the time and it wasn't even a title match and there's a one less hour on the show. That's the part. I don't know that they really get as much time or like meaningful time at least. 
Do you think? I don't know. I don't really count the replay time. I don't really count that as exposure. Maybe promos, but as we all know, WWE promos they they linger around too long because they take forever because one person comes out and then as they're talking, someone interrupts them and then someone interrupts them and someone interrupts them. So maybe they get a little more time in the promo department, but how much of that time is wasted doing the same promo where you're just waiting for people to keep coming out in like a train, just one after the other after another. Oh, they definitely get more, more time on television. Like Charlotte will get 15 minutes of promo time and then have a match for like three minutes. Like that they're, they're opposite. Whereas in AEW, they'll you'll have a little clip of Sheeta, like, no one's going to beat me. I'm Sheeta. Ah, <laughs> you know, and then she'll wrestle for 15 minutes where Charlotte will come out here and talk about she and she'll talk like this. And I am the best women of all time and blah, blah, blah. And then have a three minute match. It's just like yeah. they have it flip flopped. And someone like I never got to this point, but someone on Twitter finally admitted and he wasn't trying to fight. He just strictly he straight up said. Look, Josh, I don't need to argue. And I wasn't arguing with him. I don't argue on Twitter. I don't. Because that's, that's not me. But he'll, he said, look, yes, AEW had 48 minutes of wrestling. You're a wrestling fan. I watch it more for stories in sports entertainment. I admit, I prefer WWE because they have better stories. That's what he says. So I'm like, okay, at least you understand that they're, you're not watching wrestling. You're watching a children's a pre like you you admit you're watching like a children's show that's okay it's all right i watch children's show all the time which yeah. they are which it's totally okay at least he admitted like he wasn't defending like jobber nation oh this you know every single five seconds Co- ever since cody left they lost fifty thousand viewers like whatever you know yeah no they didn't they're doing just fine. that nonsense yeah they're holding it's gonna be up and down a little bit here and there just like with any tv show yeah and they you know, for what three years into this business, and they're already getting almost a million viewers. Whereas, yeah, WWE, some weeks, <laughs> some weeks they're above, some weeks they're below, and and that one million that everyone's saying, oh, that's not that good, um, but it still sometimes ends up as number one on all of cable TV for the night. So I'd say that's pretty good. We got to keep in mind too, though, now. But there's a lot of other options to watch television or watch programming these days that didn't exist back in the day. So you're never going to have numbers like you had back in the day. That'll never exist again. No, there's, but too, there's too much to watch. There's too much to watch, too d- many different ways to take in content. But if you look at it, if you're number one in cable, then you're number one in cable. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Introducing the Dunkin' Run. A dollar donut with any medium coffee. A whole new era of... I'm going on a Dunkin' Run. You want anything? Yeah, maybe a jelly donut and an iced coffee. You got it. Wait, actually glazed donut and a hot coffee. Mm. Okay, back on track. Make it a Dunkin' Run. Get a $1 donut with any medium coffee. America runs on Dunkin'. Exclude specialty donuts and fancies. Offer valid on medium or larger coffees. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, if 
if it's only a million and back in the day they used to get so well sorry there's too many different ways to watch tv and absorb content these days so i think being number one is pretty damn good i mean if i miss a show i'm I'm on youtube watching it you know like there's you can watch it on youtube you can watch it you know on twitter just, just scroll through twitter Every time something happens, AEW posts like a two-minute clip, and you can watch mm-hmm. the, the entire show on Twitter. So, like, it's not you know everyone's too worried about cable numbers and, and and ratings. Where, I mean, let's just look at the facts. Better product, better show. I mean, just watch them. Just if you have eyes, you can see that. I, I would really, I still really, and I see you, I see you commenting on people's twitters every now and then, and like the more I think about this the more I'm down for it. I would really love if at one point we could get like some super diehard WWE <laughs> fan to come on the show and just agree. Like we got to have a civilized conversation. This isn't about us trying to come at you sideways and attack you and whatever. And, and but likewise, like let's just talk about the pros and cons of both. Yeah. I, I, I invite them and I'm being hundred percent jobber nation. Please come on. I want to talk to you. Gareth, unblock me. I found you on Instagram. I messaged you. Please come on the show. <laughs> like I want to talk to one of these super fans because and I want to have a real conversation. Because I want to yes. know your perspective. Because right now I only see you as a person on Twitter spreading lies. And I want to know what you really think. Because anyone everyone wants to be a star on Twitter. And, yeah. you know, and they think, oh, I got 200 likes and I got this many followers. Well, okay, now you got to keep it up. No, no, come on the show and be real. And let's talk about the pros and cons of both companies. Because I can say, I just, I just it's, what, we're 32 minutes in and I told you Cody's my second favorite feud right now. I've told you Raw was really good. Like, I'm not playing favorites here. I can admit when I'm wrong. And I can admit what's good and what's bad. I just told you Dax yep. first cash sucked. I, could, I just told you this is the worst dynamite I've seen in all year. You know, like yeah. you're gonna have ups and downs. That's that's because right here on Real Talk Wrestling, we keep it real. We do keep that's, it real. That's, that's the whole point of the show is to keep it real. Here, we're gonna if AEW is bad, we're gonna tell you it's bad. If WWE is actually for once good, we're gonna tell you it's good. Yeah, there's no you bias. Know? We here. just we just like good wrestling, and it just so happens that most of the time we get that from AEW right now. Most the ninety percent of the time, which is okay. Yep. Now, <laughs> we're at the midpoint, so let's focus on our top five list because this is probably one of my favorite top fives that we've done. I don't know why we haven't done it yet. It's, you know, it's one of those things where did you even have it on your list? We haven't done a top five faction list ever, and it should have been like one of the first ones we've done. Yeah, I, f- I was surprised that we hadn't done this one well, yet. I well, thought maybe we had, and I was like, no, I guess we really haven't. Yet. Well, made me think about it is now WWE is getting their factions. Like, they're copying AEW. I know you don't watch it, but now Sheamus has his faction. Um, yeah, I know he's going to have his guys and then Edge is getting his guy. I'm all for it. I like, I like now granted AEW kind of, it was a little overkill, but I've kind of gotten used to it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to see, you know, if WWE copies that good, I don't go for it. Yeah. They, I like to see that. They just got to do it right. And, and then like, for example, when, Ray Phoenix comes out. Let's say Ray Phoenix is having a special, like whatever match or singles match and Pac and the other dude could walk him to the ring or whatever and go, all right, fist bump. And they're gone. That's, you know what I mean? They're not out there, like always involved in the match. I like that. Like, you know, they're aligned, you know, they're together. They don't need to be out there for the entire match. Like I feel like when I watch Sheamus and Rich Holland and fucking Pete Dunn, it's just a circus out there. They're doing it wrong. 
They have the right. Yeah. They have the right mindset, but they're just doing it wrong. Either way, we're breaking down our top five favorite factions, our best factions, or whatever of all time. Yeah, I wasn't sure whenever you said top five factions because you didn't really put the greatest, the best, the favorites. You didn't really specify, so I kind of did a little bit of a blend. And so I just did kind of, it's mostly favorite, but also I kind of limited my list because there's going to be some obvious ones left off. But I limited it to the ones that I watch during my prime wrestling watching days, be it from the Attitude Era or 2015 to now. So that right there should tell you, mark some off the list for me. So there'll definitely be some omissions from my list, but that's the reason why. There's some great ones out there. I just wasn't watching as much back then during that time, so I left them off. I did my favorites. I didn't do, like, legendary. Like, I mean, there are some legendary ones on here. Don't get me wrong. Like These are all legendary in my mind. But I did, like, my favorites. And I ranked them in a way where we, I think we spoke off air. I'm, like, I'm leaving this one off so you can put it on there. You just leave mine off so we don't double up on them. Yeah. Um, so you want to kick it off with number five? I will kick it off with number five. You're probably going to give me shit for number five. Oh, God. <laughs> yep, already. So I was really trying to think hard, filling out the list. I thought of a couple different factions, and I'm like, I kind of liked that faction, or I kind of liked this faction. But I didn't, I don't know, I just didn't love this faction, or they're not, I don't know, they just didn't elevate themselves enough. So I actually went with a newer faction, which I was trying not to do. I wasn't going to put any on because I wanted to let some of these play out. But to be honest, this is a newer faction, and I'm completely obsessed with them right now, and that's the Blackpool Combat Club. They had to make the list because I like all the wrestlers that are involved. I'm a huge William Regal fan, and their style. Their style is what I've been wanting out of a faction for some time now. One that's just no games, no gimmicks, just we're going to come out here, like we're just going to beat your ass. Week in and week out. That's that's our gimmick, is we're going to come out and beat your ass, no nonsense, and then we're going to get out of here and move on. And like at first, I was kind of thinking like someone like APA or the Acolytes, but then I was like, no, they were only really a tag team. I don't really see them as a faction, but I've always liked that style that they had back then. And so I was trying to think, I'm like, who's a faction that's similar to that? And I just keep going back to that. Yes, they're a very young faction in terms of how long they've been together. But like, I have a feeling if you ask me this question again in a year from now or two years from now, they're still going to be on my list. I feel very, very confident about that because I know AEW, they're not going to break them up after the pay-per-view. Like this team's going to go for a while. So I felt like I had to sneak them in there at my number five. Okay. I give it to you. Although they are new and um, I'm not going to lie when they all were in the ring, beating the shit out of them, doing this, you know, their whatever they do together. Like one guy's got them in this and this guy. Yeah. Like, right, we, we saw that last week. We don't need to see it again. Like that's how I felt. I don't know how you felt about it, but I'm like, okay. I, I like it. I'm for it. I like it. Cause it's just that I'm I know gonna, we're all going to beat your ass and then do our thing. And then we're out of here. All right, so you have, I knew you know I kind of knew that was gonna be on your list, but did you? Because that wasn't on my list up until about an hour ago. It just made the list, so uh, I didn't even know. All right, well, my number five is, and I put them on literally today as I was thinking about my list because I had about 
seven, seven solid ones. And I, this one barely made the list because it was kind of a funny one to me. When I look back at the old WCW days, 1998, 1999 era, um, after one of my favorite wrestlers of all time made this group, uh, he had a shoot interview where he threw coffee on himself in WCW and told Eric Bischoff to fire him because he's useless. And that's Eddie Guerrero where he made the LWO, the Latino world order. Um, I don't know if you watch this or know anything about it, but it was pretty much like a joke, like not really a joke, but the whole, from what I remember, cause this was 1998. I was probably what 11. I don't even know how old I was. Uh, maybe 10. Um, the luchas were taking their masks off in protest and they were like, look, we're not just, we're not just luchas over here. We're real people. We're wrestlers. So the whole thing is when you join the LWO, you turn your, you take your mask off. So, you know, Juventus Guerrero, Psychosis, La Parca, um, Billy Kidman, Chavo. Um, the last wrestler to join was Rey Mysterio and Ray didn't want to join it because he didn't want to give up his mask. And the mm-hmm. whole story, this is what, this is what really bought me into it where they finally had a match, you know, Eddie and Eddie and Rave had the all time rivalry. They've been wrestling forever. They had a match where if Eddie wins, he joins the LWO. Well, Eddie won. Ray Mysterio joined the LWO. As it was disbanding because, you know, everything does break up, Ray was the last one standing without his mask on. Ray was the last one with the LWO shirt on. Ray didn't want to join it, but in the end, he was the face of it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool for Ray Mysterio. Like, that's like that was still back when he was just little Ray Mysterio and he just did cool flips. And, like, that was kind of his propel. Like, he made it, he made it after that. And I loved it. I loved everything everything about it. I love all those wrestlers I just named, especially Eddie Guerrero, especially Rey Mysterio. Put those two together, it's magic. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch a ton of WCW, so, I mean, I didn't follow that story, but definitely a big Eddie fan, definitely a big Rey Mysterio fan. And um, I remember hearing about that group, so I would, you know, kind of keep an eye on them a little bit. And definitely was a fan of that group, but that's an awesome story. How that, how that kind of played out. I didn't know about all that. Yep. Love it. Love Eddie. All right. What's your number four? All right. Number four. Just going to jump straight into it. I feel like they are the faction of the golden era, as we call it, I guess of NXT. And I'm talking about uh, the undisputed era. As a as a faction, I thought they were awesome. I I watched some of it NXT, and I just feel like they really encompassed everything that the black and gold brand NXT 1.0, whatever you want to call it, like they were NXT. I felt like like when it was really hitting its stride, week in and week out, they were the face of it. And I mean, how can you not like them? I like them over in NXT. I like them. Over an eight and W. I really like their NXT run the most, though. And I mean, how could you not like them? They're just such awesome, good wrestlers, good performers in the ring. And so I was like, you know what? I want to get a, I want to get an NXT stable in there. So I got to put the Undisputed Era at number four. Okay, yeah, you know what? That's you're doing two recent ones. I don't think my one of mine, one of mine, which I'll talk about soon, is still re, still going on. So it's the only okay. recent one, but um, yeah, you're all recent. You're all like the now. Chris is all in the future. We're all in the past. I love that about you. You just you can see the well, future. Normally, I'm the one doing all the nostalgic old stuff. 
mixed it up a little bit for this list. Did we switch for this list? Nah, yeah, maybe. But all right, now my number four is someone I've never actually seen. I mean, I've seen them wrestle, but I've never seen them together in a. Like, I've never seen them in their peak. And I've only heard about them because of Hot Topic, and I've only heard about them because of the internet. I'm going with the Bullet Club. My number four. Um, okay. Finn Balor was the originator of this group, you know, with um, Carl Anderson, with the other dude, uh, fucking the other tall guy, I don't know, fucking name, Carl Anderson and Gallows and all these guys. They created the Bullet Club back in 2013 in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and ever since then, like, it's been the coolest thing. Everyone wants to, everyone wants to know, everyone wants the shirts that are all, like, they made a Hot Topic deal. No one did that. Like, the Bucks did that, Young Bucks. Young Bucks were part of it. Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, AJ Styles. You know, just the list goes. Marty Scroll, like Adam Page. Like, there's just so many great wrestlers in this group. They're like a modern day NWO, except for everyone was successful when they left. Think about AJ Styles after he left. Think about Kenny Omega, the Bullet Club, like all Cody. All of them became world champions somewhere. Look at Jay White now, you know? Yep. So the point is, is like this group, the reason why they're number four on my list is because, yeah, I didn't really watch them in their prime and I don't know exactly their storylines and yada, 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 but I know they propelled wrestler after wrestler after wrestler. And that's the point of a faction. The point of a faction is to get someone over and they do it constantly. And they're like a cycling door where no matter who the leader of the bullet club is, they will be a world champion somewhere. And I love that about the bullet club. How they're always, always getting people mega over especially in the States when we don't even watch new Japan pro wrestling, but I still knew who Kenny Omega was. I still knew who the young bucks were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a solid one. Um, I wish we kind of had access to watch them during their prime some way, because like you said, I didn't watch anything over there, but I still knew who that was. And, and the fact that they were able to get so many people over, everyone feels so relevant there. They were kind of like the, it's a modern day NWO, but everyone's really, really good. And, and the fact that they kind of picked out it's, I don't know if they did that on purpose. I don't know if they just specifically picked out like some of the absolute best wrestlers to be in that little group, or is it that they kind of were in a group and they kind of helped each other develop or something? I, I don't know. Cause again, we didn't get to watch it live, but I think that's a pretty solid pick because they're such a, a widely known group amongst the entire wrestling community. There you go. All right, Chris, give me your number three. All right, number three is another modern one, I guess. Um, I I guess they're still kind of together, kind of-ish. I don't know. It's a group that I was not very high on whenever they first debuted. I actually couldn't stand them and just wish they would get off my television forever. But I'm glad they stuck around. Leftovers or... The DMV Number 97 Or House cleaning Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun Play over a hundred different games online For free from anywhere You could redeem some serious prizes Chumbacasino.com Live the Chumba life No purchase necessary We're prohibited by law T plus terms and conditions apply See website for details How can you not like at this point the new day? had to put the new day on there just because the fact that they're awesome. I love their dynamic. They're just such lovable characters. This is the face Chris coming out right now. You know, they have 
such good positive characters. Everybody, you know, like everybody, I don't know many people that don't like New Day. They're just kind of like that guy that you knew back in the day that everybody loved him. You know, who do you ever see anyone on Twitter like, oh, I hate New Day. They're trash. No, New Day's awesome. No. New Day rocks. They're awesome. New Day rocks. That's right. You know who doesn't like and, New Day? Kenny Omega and the Bucks. If you watch Being the Elite, New Day sucks. <laughs> But it's like, you know, they're so awesome. Everyone's rooting for them all the time. Everybody was stoked whenever Kofi Kingston, you know, just by some fluke, ended up getting into the title picture. Then he got the title match, and then he actually won. And, man, everyone was so excited for him. Then we were excited for Big E. Unfortunately, that didn't work out too well. Like, I don't know. You just can't not like them. And I feel like it's hard for any group in current WWE, especially main roster, to, to stay together for more than a couple of months, much less be relevant. Yeah, they've accomplished that for years now. Like, what? When did they form? Like, 2016 or 2017? And here we are talking about them four, five, six years later in 2022. Yeah, like that's impressive by today's standards in WWE. You don't get many of these long-running factions. Like even even AEW, who does long long-term storytelling their longest running faction was um the inner circle which finally split so that went on for about three years and and new day even went on longer than that so i gotta give them a lot of credit there yep i you know next next you're gonna say the bloodline right because you're just going all relevant new present day factions and don't be spoiling my list over (laughs) here you like to do that uh my number three is a group also in the WWE, and they are were formed in 2012, uh, Survivor Series. Um, you heard Alpha, blah, 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 dun, 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 the Shield, yeah. How do you not have the Shield on your fucking list, Chris? They are the coolest bad guy, not bad guy faction, because I have two more better, but they're the coolest, like, ever. They all became world champions, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, you know, Roman Reigns, that are all top guys they were just complete savages fucking the entire roster up for a good like four years until they broke up. I don't know when they actually broke up. Well, wait, let me let me add something to that. You just asked me, how do I not have them on my list? Josh Kimmel coming in at number two for me is the Shield. Yes. They're there. The Let's talk about the Shield for a minute, because they're your number three. They're actually my number two. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Go ahead, though. Yeah, they um, so, so they debuted at the Survivor Series. They were CM Punk's hired guns, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, you know, they would just beat the shit. They would just help CM Punk win matches here and there. And then they finally broke on their own, and it was supposed to be a – the funny thing is it was supposed to get Ambrose over. Ambrose was the guy. Ambrose was the lead, right? Really? But yeah, that's, that was the rumors back then, and I'm reading it right now. I have it all – dude, I did some research today, Chris. I have my notes and like Am- Ambrose was supposed to be the guy. He was the guy with the U.S. title during the run, whereas R- Rollins and um, Roman were tag champs. Tag champs, yeah. yeah. So, like, you would think the singles title guy would get – and then all of a sudden, Roman kept on getting over. Roman, Because remember back, they used to do the promos with the camera backstage, like they would, like, vigilante style. It would always be mm-hmm. Ambrose yep. in the front. It would always be Ambrose, you know. Seth Rollins would have the weird hair with the with the blonde, and Roman would be the muscle. Doesn't talk much. Or Ambrose was the one getting over. And then it turned out where everyone's like, fuck this, dude. Roman's a badass. So let's have Roman be the top guy. And the funny thing is, they were all top guys. Yep. Every single one of them. Like, all, this is all top guys. 
all went on what they all went on to have. I mean, they're all still pretty much at the top of the game. You're talking about how Seth Rollins right now and an awesome feud with Cody. You got Roman uh, in the, the biggest faction right now in WWE and the bloodline. You got Ambrose now Moxley on, on my list right now with the Blackpool Combat Club, former AEW champ. So, yeah, they've all gone on to have, I'd say, pretty damn successful careers ever since they debuted. Yeah, I mean, that's my number three. I mean, you could talk about them a little bit more, but Chris. The, yeah, the, I was just going to say I, I really enjoyed them because they did also kind of, they had that little, I kind of feel like almost the, the anti-hero gimmick type persona, which I always like that. They're they're kind of the bad guys, and then after a while, they're kind of like this in-between, or they're the bad guys, or they're the good guys. They're just somewhere in the middle. I don't know why. I always like that. And just... All three wrestlers, I just I always love watching whenever they're in the ring. So watching them together was good. The way they did their breakup was good. Um, just everything about them was just really good. And it kind of left us all wanting more. You know? Yeah. And I know they had that little mini reunion, which didn't quite hit. But, you know, for the most part, highly successful faction in WWE. That is true. So that's your number two. I'm going to jump to my number two. Um, and this one is another classic from 2003. You have three Hall of, four Hall of Famers in one faction. Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton. I'm going Evolution as my number two overall faction of all time. These guys were just cool. These guys, this is when, like, these guys were the definition of cool. Triple H was a champion, grooming Randy Orton, and... Batista, Ric Flair was still not in his prime, but he was like Jericho's age, or well, I don't know how old he was really, but he was still winning titles, still in the Royal Rumble, still still wrestling. Um, and then you had the you know the story with Batista turning on you know turning on Randy, all of them turning on Orton. Then you had them all yep. you know to turn on Batista. Then Batista turned on them. Like it was just a perfect storm. You had the legend Ric Flair, already the best of all time. You had the established Triple H veteran, the badass, the game. And then you had these two young fucking studs who are all Hall of Famers. I The only reason why this is not number one, because number one is for nostalgia, and number one is for WCW, and we all know what it is. <laughs> but number two, evolution with this group of people watching, just watching the... The year where Evolution was in the Royal Rumble, not all of them, but Ric Flair was, and they were—they actually did something where, wow, wow, Chris, here's this for a fucking idea. They drew numbers for the Royal Rumble instead of just having it, and <laughs> and the whole storyline in the back was Eddie Guerrero stole Ric Flair's number, you know, like in Ric Flair's like, what, what's going on, man? Woo, you know, like that was good stuff. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero's like, just ha ha ha, lie, cheat, and steal, you know, and like mm-hmm. that stuff right there, like. I miss that kind of stuff. And Ric Flair was perfect for it. Every time they wrestle, they'd be in the back with girls drinking champagne. You getting ready for the match tonight, baby? Woo. You know, no, I'm, you know, they were just party animals that kicked everyone's ass. I love that. I had a feeling they might make your list. Part of my disclaimer of, I left some obvious ones off because of the eras, which I wasn't watching as much anymore. They were a big part of that why I said that because although I wasn't watching at the time, I can see that they were such a highly influential and like just such a prominent group. 
And looking back, you know, like you said, they had two young wrestlers at the time, but now we know at this point, obviously two more hall of famers. So that group was definitely stacked. And I like the little, little gimmick they had that they were just kind of like the high rollers, the, the fancy guys and suits and whatever. And so I wish I could have seen them live, but I missed out on them. And you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to number one. I think we know each other's number one. I just was going to make it nice, obvious, and easy. And I'm, when we think of factions, I was a WWE growing, guy growing up. <clears throat> so it's obvious right here at number one. Even though I used to hate him at the time, I really now appreciate everything they did for Attitude Era Wrestling. And I'm, of course, talking about DX. And, and like the DX that I watched because I know there was a lot of different variations of them. So the one I'm going to specifically speak about was Triple H running it. Like even Shawn Michaels wasn't even that big of a part of it whenever I was watching. So the, the DX that I remember was Triple H running it. You had Road Dog and Billy Gunn as the tag guys. And then you had X-Pac as kind of the little man. And then, of course, there was part of the time when it was China involved. And then, of course, the transitioned into Stephanie after all that stuff went down. But, um, I mean, they just, they were kind of like the cool group of WWE. DX, the little degenerates running around, causing a ruckus. That whole promo that everybody's seen where they rolled up to WCW on a tank. Um, yeah, just, they were, they were the ultimate heels back then. And as much as I hated them, I realized once I grew up and understood how he works i'm like man they did exactly the job they were supposed to be because i couldn't stand them as someone always rooting for faces because they always kept finding different ways to to screw people out of winning and they stayed relevant i felt for such a long time and anybody that either watches wrestling a lot or barely watches at all if they see someone walking by in a dx shirt like they know what that is oh, everybody yeah. knows what it is oh yeah for sure okay. so Definitely would be on my list if I knew they would be on yours. But, um, yeah, for sure. Like, they're a whole kid. To, everyone knows crotch, the crotch chop suck it. Everyone knows yep. that. Like, everyone, Everybody knows everyone. that. That was real big whenever we were in, what, middle school and early high school or something? Of course, yeah. Everybody was doing that. Yep. All right, my number one, everyone knows. I mean, it's obvious. You should know it, too. It's the NWO, oh, yeah. but not black and white. I grew up. Watching wrestling like in 1998, 99, when the Wolfpack was there, the red and black. And yep. there's, I'm looking at the members right now Buff, Bad, Buff Bagwell, Kurt Haney, Eric Bischoff, Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Conan, Lex Luger, Miss Elizabeth, Randy Savage, Rick Rude, Scott Hall, Scott Steiner, and Sting. That's not the Wolfpack I grew up with. The, the Wolfpack I grew up with was Sting, Kevin Nash, Conan, and that's it. Like, Yes, they had someone else. Um, so they Conan Sting. They had Lex Luger around, but nah, who gives a fuck about Lex Luger? But I only cared about Sting, Nash, and I cared about Conan because Conan would always go, oh, no, 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 blah, 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 you know, speak his thing. And then, you know, if you one more for the good guy, Scott Hall finally joined. It was just my favorite. The Wolf, it was always red, red and black versus white in this. Is Sting going to join this? Is this person going to join here? Is Diamond Dallas Page going to join? It was always fun. Cause it, but they were the baby faces. So you're like, Josh really wants baby faces? Yeah, I did at that time. At that time, I was in the sting. He had face paint. Face paint was like weird to me. You know, now you watch AEW, everyone has face paint. But back then, 
1998, in Eric Bischoff's world, only Sting had face paint. Yeah, there was a couple guys that had it, but that was my, that's what I fell in love watching wrestling. I fell in love watching Lex Luger, Sting, Conan, and Kevin Nash, and eventually Scott Hall rejoined them as the, you know, the outsiders. That was a great moment. I loved it, loved every second of it. A young Josh was marking out to Kevin Nash and Scott Hall rejoining. It was awesome. Yep. But then once Scott Hall and Kevin Nash turned heel and beat Goldberg, the whole Wolf Pack went downhill. That's when the Buff Bagwells joined and the Bischoffs and the Hogans. That oh, sucked. Yeah. That sucked. That's they should they ruined that. It. Yeah, that's exactly when they ruined it. Goldberg sucked enough. But whenever they did the the death poke where Hogan poked Kevin Nash and then they all joined together, that was the worst. That killed it. Yeah, that was definitely the death of it. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, um, it's seven fifty eight. The draft starts in two minutes. We um we're happy you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the show. Chris, did you enjoy the show? I did enjoy the show, and guess what? I have a topic for you already ready to go for next week. All right, good, good. All right. So obviously I'll keep this real quick. So, of course, at WrestleMania, we saw Triple H announce his in-ring retirement. So, with that being the case, you know, he's never stepping into the ring again. I figured I wanted to do a Triple H topic. So, give me, next week, your top five things that you will always remember about Triple H up until WrestleMania when he retired. Top five? beginning of his career, anything. It could be in the ring, out of the ring. Anything funny, serious, whatever. Five things you're always going to remember about Triple H in his time in wrestling. All right. Next week, top five Triple H moments. I cannot wait for that because I have a bunch of Triple H moments. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter, Josh Kimmel, O-U-S. I'm always on there interacting with my people. RTW Chris, he's gaining some traction. This guy's a good tweeter. Chris, you're a good tweeter. Get off Facebook. I'm learning. Um, the draft <laughs> I, starts. I barely on it anymore. Um, guys, we got to get out of here. We're out of. We're out of here. Um, see you next week. See ya. DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.